The Football Mental Health Alliance podcast. A mental health podcast for grassroots football. Our aim, to boldly delve into the intersection of mental health and football. We feature notable experts and ex-pros who are not afraid to share their wisdom and personal journeys with mental health. Right, so Alex, uh, Alex Wormsley, uh, chairman of Sands United West Yorkshire and uh, all over the headlines at the minute. Welcome to the Football Mental Health Alliance podcast. Really appreciate you doing this, pal. Uh, before we kick off, can you just give us a, a bit of intro about who you are, why you're here, what you're up to? Um, so I'm Alex Wormsley. Obviously, um, I've come on board with the vault um, and the Football Mental Health Alliance on the back of recent success for the team and myself. Um, I started this team uh, back in 2020 um, after my wife and I uh, unfortunately lost three babies in three separate pregnancies, um, as well as my mum losing my brother when I was you know, six years old. Um, and I uh, I didn't look after myself correctly when that happened. Um, I know I didn't looking back now and I needed an outlet and I needed some support <clears throat> and I needed to, to process what had happened. So I um, I set up the football team um, to kind of grieve uh, through football with other men that have also been in a similar situation. Uh, so it started in 2020, then we obviously went into lockdown as in everyone else, um, but we kept going and we kept thriving and we've got loads of players signed up even during lockdown, um, just based on what the initiative was. And, and now we're getting bigger and bigger than ever. Um, it's just it's it's really good that all this kind of you know what we're doing today and the, the award that I've won it's just it's helping people find the team which is ultimately you know my main objective is getting to the dads that need the support. Brilliant. So when you when you mentioned then mate about you weren't looking after yourself, can you can you expand on that? Can you are you, are you okay to you know yeah, yeah. explain I, uh, how it how it impacted you and and what happened? I repressed a lot of the a lot of the emotions around it, and I think I definitely did that when I was six as well. Obviously, I didn't consciously do that, but when, yeah. when you're six years old, um, and looking back now, I'm in therapy. Um, we've had multiple discussions. That it's potential that you know my mind has blocked it out, um, mm. kind of to protect myself. Um, and when it's happened to me, obviously as a father, I've I've not really looked at. Uh, what's happened I haven't processed the emotions I haven't let myself feel it and I think that comes down to this kind of stupid mentality that we've had for so long around men have to be strong ones and you can't be sad and um, you've got to look after your wife you've got to get back into work why you know all these kinds of silly um things that are said to you as you're kind of growing up and you know thankfully it's less and less now you know what we're doing today, and um, the the, um, the mental health alliance is just proof that you know we're we're moving forward and we're starting to look after people, but we're not there yet. Um, and I kind of fell down that that path of of sucking it up and um, putting it on a on a brave face. And really, you know, the biggest strength you can do is is to be vulnerable and to to process your emotions and. Because that that's so much better for you. It's better for your wife or your partner or whatever it may be. It's better for your kids. 
you know, it's just better all round um, because you will be a better version of yourself when you, you know, processing what you need to um, and not hiding away or addressing it. At what point did you know that you, as you put it, weren't yourself or that you were struggling? Is there something that happened? What, you know, because a, a lot of people go down this path, don't they, Alex, for a long yeah. You know what, and I don't know how long the period was, but but what 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 came to you that thought I need to do something about this? So we had the pregnancies where we lost, and they were all pre yeah, 2017, 2018, and um, then we were pregnant in 2019 with my second son Toby, and he was born in in March 2020. And because of what had happened with the, the previous pregnancies, my anxiety was just through the roof. Mm. You know, I didn't like my wife driving in the car by herself. I didn't like her going places by herself when she was pregnant. Um, I, it was just crazy. And I ended up um, speaking to the doctor and going on some medication um, to kind of level me out. But what you find, or what I found anyway, when it came to the medication was that I wasn't up, I wasn't down, I was just nothing. Yeah. Um, and my wife actually said to me, you know, Toby had been born and we were in the initial stages of kind of having him around. I and mean, obviously we had a lot of time with him because we were all locked in his houses. Um, and she said, you're just, you're just not, in, you know, enjoying bits. You're not, you're not sad. You're not in mad. You just, you just don't see, you just seem dull. Um, yeah. And I knew that the, the medication was masking it and it made me think I need to, I need to be myself and I need to, the only way that I can do that is by letting these things in that I'm trying to get rid of with the medication mm-hmm. or the repression, um, process them through, work through them and, and try and get a bit of a personality back because I, I, I didn't directly kind of feel like I was losing my personality. I didn't, wasn't trying to do that, but slowly I was just ebbing away. Yeah. Um, and I knew that that's all I wanted for me uh, or for my family. Um, you know, I just had my second child and I just, just was numb to it. It was, yeah. uh, I knew that I needed to do something. Um, and that's why I took the steps that I did. I came off the medication with the doctor's support, um, which I'll just say if anybody ever does that, don't just come off and you've got to do yeah. it properly. Taper it down. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I spoke to the doctor, made sure I did the right thing in, in terms of that. And then things started to come through, and, and that's when I saw the, the opportunity for Sands and realised that I could, um, I could throw a lot of what had happened to me into yeah. this and create a legacy for my children, which I've said this numerous times that um, they're not getting older, but, but the, the team is, and that's, you know, that's there for them, and it's such an amazing thing that because they're not here, all these men are getting supported that we didn't have before. And I really don't like to blow my own trumpet, and I find this quite difficult. But I do like the fact that the the, the best thing that came out of them, unfortunately, not being here, is the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's such a a positive way of looking at it, hasn't, isn't it, Alex? And like you know, a lot of people would struggle for that. I'd struggle for that, mate. It's happened to me. You know what what you've experienced. Well, me and my wife. It's happened to us. And um, I, I think like you said about you lots of suppressed it and locked it away. I had, and like until we had that conversation on phone, that first conversation, I'd sort of not forgotten it had happened to us, but it it it, it like it wasn't there. And then we started yeah. talking, it all came back, and I'm thinking, 
I was struggling to keep myself together when we were talking on phone. And that was probably, I don't know how many years ago it was, but years of suppression that that I'm thinking, why am I doing this? And I think I've done it con consciously, subconsciously, locked. Yeah. I, I'm always looking forward, me. And as a result, I block out all the great stuff that has happened and have done. And I also block out the bad. So by blocking out the yeah. bad stuff, I block out all the good stuff as well, you know, and, and and I'm just always looking forward and not looking back. And our first conversation really made me think about that and stuff like that. So, so yeah, you've, you've, you've experienced, you know, this, this, this awful situation with you and your wife and you've realized that first, I think it's been great that you've realized you need to do something. You've gone onto the meds and then it's made you realize and your wife realized that, that's not the way forward for you. And meds for some people and for a lot of people is the way forward. Yeah. But for you, you saw that it was, if you like, negating your personality. So how did how did how did Sanj United come come about then? How did you how did you find out about them and what happened? So um I was watching Doom scrolling through Facebook like you do, and I saw um, Greg James had a bit of a, a feature on his radio show where they'd um, given an award out to uh, the guy at Sands United, Brighton. Um, mm. And I'd done in, oh God, I can't remember the years now, but I did the Leeds 10K twice in two separate years. What I tried to do was try and do an event for each child. So I did the Leeds 10K one year, then I did it again. And then the same year I did it the second year. I did a Manchester Rough Runner, um, so I'd done three events for my three children, but I always did those for Sam's and I always raising money for them. Yeah. Um, and I, I made a massive amount, really. I was blown away by how much kind of people were, were so generous. Um, I almost didn't do the second Leeds 10K because I did the Manchester Rough Runner the week before. I fell off one of the obstacles and broke a rib. Right. I thought, I'm supposed to run 10K now, but um, I actually did it and beat my first time, which was great. Um, so I kind of had a relationship with Sands um, from the, the the things that I'd done. Um, my business do something called match funding, so I'd had a relation uh, conversations with him more than maybe a typical kind of fundraiser um, would do. And then we got married in 2018, and for our wedding favours, we had um, Sands pin badges. Right. Um, so we kind of raising awareness there. Um, uh, even at his wedding and I just felt like that was a nice thing to do so I've been around it a lot um, and we've been supported by them and when I saw this this award for um, Brandy down at Brighton I thought oh, that's amazing and I said I just sent a miss, Facebook message and said that look how do I get involved um, and he directed me towards Sands um, and Sands said look there's there's a team in Doncaster and there's a team in Stockport um, so, you, you know, you can go to either one of them. And I went, that not really work for me. And I went, I'll tell you what, I'll just, I'll make one then. Um, so they um, went through all the process and kind of referrals and references and stuff. And then we finally were formed in um, in late February, Mar early March 2020. Um, as Sanjay Huddersfield, originally. Um, and then we've, we've taken over kind of West Yorkshire just because I've got lads from, from all over, from... Pontefract, Wakefield, um, Todmorden, Pudsey. So it felt right to have the West Yorkshire out yeah. in the Huddersfield just because that's where we all come from. Um, so yeah, that's that's how it all came about really. And 
I didn't really have a clue what to do when I first started. I'd, no, there's no kind of, there's a lot more there now for new Suns teams, but back then it was, there wasn't a lot um, yeah. in terms of guidance, and it was just me and um, my brother, I think, was um, joined eventually down the line, but I just got one player um, at a time, and it just kind of came from there. So a, a lot of the people that have joined the team, I don't, I've never known before. It's not like I had a load of mates that I played footy with and just started yeah. the team. It was all um, very generic and very... Um, very um, what's the word? Authentic. It just it just it just came from from guys obviously out there needing the support. Yeah, just make it up as you go along, and that's sometimes the best way to to build stuff, mate. In it, go on your instincts. You know, just just yeah, work on your instincts. And, and there were a lot of time that um, you know, during the initial kind of Toby being born and lockdown, I spent a lot of time um on the PC kind of on the laptop, so making. You know, making up um, images for social media, making up posts, and I did a lot of, um, of grinding it out to just just kind of raise awareness and get out there. And you know what it's like yourself trying to get traction on social media and stuff like that it can be really yeah. difficult. Um, so um, that was the main objective was to try and get into people's kind of sphere or in you know, eye line so that I could. Um, could get them to even fight even even they're a dad that needs support or somebody um that knows somebody who needs support and that was that was objective number one. So how many how many players have you got now then? I think we're just about forty. Um forty? Maybe yeah forty to forty five I think total on the kind of on the books. Um on the way it works obviously we play each week against each other and then we have friendlies with local teams, local Sands teams. We've got a tournament that we do every year, which is a Yorkshire and Lincolnshire tournament. Um, but it's, I think what's what's also key to it is the football's there as kind of a, this is our conduit towards grieving and getting them in off spot. But, you know, I've got dads that, that don't necessarily love football, they don't, they don't know how to play football, but they're there in the group. Yeah. Um, so you can still be part of this team and be supported. Um, even if you don't play every week, um, but you might, you know, and you're always welcome to play whenever you want or do whatever you want. You know, the other social side of it that we do, um, organising events and stuff. So um, it's it's very much a, an open door to anybody, and the door remains open throughout. So, like, as far as like you know, playing football <laughs> and, and and mental health, how, how have you seen that football is? is aiding people's mental health around you know obviously there's a grief grieving process uh, but grief can can then trigger other areas of, of mental health can't it how, how have you seen that football's helped that i think for me football is so accessible you need you basically just need trainers and a ball don't you typically <laughs> um you don't need anything too amazing and it's so easy Everybody's kicked a ball at some point in life, let's face it, um, or most people have. So it's a very easy, accessible um, kind of door to open or um, medium to use. Yeah. That really what we're actually doing is we're, we're doing the, the, the grieving, the, the, the cathartism through talking about football and talking about then talking about um what's gone on um that the football is really just kind of um 
I don't know what the word is. It's kind of a red herring because we're not there for the football. We're there yeah. for the support, really. Yeah. yeah. And, but I've seen guys, you know, one of the main, there's quite a few different things I would say, but one of the main things that I've seen is relationships that have been created. Um, guys thinking that they would never, ever know how to talk to somebody about this. They're playing yeah. on the pitch with them. They're having a laugh. They're, they're throwing in a few tackles, taking in a couple of shots, building that camaraderie on the pitch that then... When they're talking to each other, whether it be in the chat or face to face, they've got that relationship there. They've got that mm. um, uh, comfortable feeling. Um, yeah. I've got dads that, in my team that, you know, baby loss is quite a wide spectrum. Um, and you can have people of all sorts of, of situations. And I've got two dads that both had twins where they uh, lost one of the twins. Yeah. Um, and one of them survived. Yeah. And those two, you know, those two dads got connected. They could talk about something because it's very specific to them. So it creates these little um, groups within the group that can yeah. then support each other. I've had dads um, that have come in and said, uh, you know, I want to play football. I'm not interested in talking. But then six months down the line or six weeks or whatever it may be, once they've built up that relationship with the team, they're then sharing something that they've never shared ever before with anybody. Yeah. You know, he specifically said that he's one of the, one of the dads in the team, and that's from that relationship that's been built through the football. And I think without yeah. the football, you just either you're in the WhatsApp group or you say we just did meetings. You just sat around. So you, you know, it can be quite uncomfortable to just walk into a room and and sit in a circle and talk. Yeah. And that yeah. works for some people, and it is quite it's very successful. And don't get me wrong, but you change that to going onto a football pitch and doing a bit of exercise, which we know is good endorphins for, for your mental yeah. health. You already feel better. You yeah. come off the pitch, you're having a beer, and suddenly you feel like you can open up. And then later yeah. in the chat, you feel like you can open up. So I just think it's that it's the um, it's the tool that we use to create good relationships that, that men then feel that can, they can be vulnerable with each other um, and get the support. I think it goes back to, like, you know, everyone t- everyone says this, but it's completely true, you know. It's okay to talk, and it isn't. Yeah. It, it, that that is what ultimately what you're doing is you're creating a pathway to a, opening a door for people to talk about what they've experienced. Yeah, it's that kind of um, using an event or using a, um, a vehicle. Yeah, a vehicle for 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 getting to that that place that you can then have these good, you know worthwhile conversations and that's that's what I needed I, I knew that I wouldn't be able to talk if I just went and sat somewhere yeah I'd be saying I needed relationships with people yeah. and that's what the football does so how, how have you seen teammates evolve then you know mentally and emotionally since they joined the club um it's been really good I've seen people grow um themselves so I've got I've got younger players that are, that are playing for children and brothers and sisters that they've lost so I've seen them come along in maturity I've seen them grow on the pitch football's got better for them so that's been some really good success stories there Um, I've seen other players completely coming out of the shell so coming in and you know absolutely not talking at all and we know what football can be like it can be quite quite clicky and um, people can be quite loud and sometimes it can be quite intimidating Um, whereas this team is just all about the cause the the cause stands firmly as the main thing that we're there for um and we know that we've got you know things that we don't tolerate and um 
you know that you can come into that team and know that you will be in an environment that's safe and mm. there, there won't be a, there won't be anybody um taking the mick out of you unless you know obviously friendly situations but yeah. you, know, you, you know that you're coming in and you're feeling comfortable um yeah. so i've seen guys that come in and not being particularly chatty and quite quiet and now all of a sudden they're the ones that are taking the mick or you know yeah. um, all being caught when we're out for a drink or whatever so um mm. I think it's, it's sorry, mate. It just seems to me there's that there's that safe environment that you've said that people won't, you know, not attack you, but people won't have a go at you on your weakness, which in this instance is the loss of a child, isn't it? You know, because everyone's in that same boat, so you know you're going there. You might get you know piss taken out of you, which that is football, isn't it? If you played in a football team. The, the the biggest part of that team bonding is is the camaraderie, the crack, the banter, yeah. and a lot of that, you know, is based around excuse my friends taking piss out of each other. But you know, you're not going to get the piss taken out of you around this subject. You're going to get support around it. I think that's it. That's key. You know, you don't want someone taking mick out of you because you've reached out and said, "Look, lads, I'm feeling really low because it's yeah. the anniversary of the the death of baby." You can. Going, you say that yeah. into the chat and people are going to be there because they know exactly what it's like and they know what you yeah. need to hear at that point um, or what they would like to hear. Whereas other teams, not saying that they would be disrespectful or anything, but they might not know what to say. Yeah, yeah. They might, they might look at you in a certain way because you are being vulnerable. So yeah. it's a completely different team in that sense because we've just got this massive kind of wall around us that is, you know, we are there to support you guys. Yeah. So, so you, you, you know, obviously you started Sands. Sands United, it's built up, and then Skybet come along. Tell us yeah. about the award you won, and tell us about the Skybet journey. So um, I got nominated by somebody in the team. Um, they sent a really nice email to Skybet after seeing it, um, an advert for it, um, and I got contacted from Sam uh, from Skybet, and Skybet said. Um, We've been nominated. We just need to. What, what, what was the award? What was the award you were nominated for? So it's Skybet Real Number One, um, which is kind of uh, a bit of a play. I think obviously number one, you typically a goalkeeper. So, but it's not. It's kind of a play on um, the, the the best person or the the top person, and it was all around grassroots football. So it's you're looking at um, people that. That work or volunteer in grassroots football, so that it's it's that whole sphere that that you're kind of in, really. In yeah. Um. So I get that concept, and I get told that I'm I'm in it. Um. And then they they explain that um the production. Oh no, sorry, I had an interview um with a production company and, and one of the producers there, and they just ran through what the team was very similar to yeah. what we we talked about here. Um. And that went away to Sky. They made a, a decision to then progress further with me um, and the team, which meant they came along and they filmed at the, uh, where we play football. They did that twice, and then they did a day of filming with me in, um, in Lower Oxen at their pitch for the day that I to borrow them, which were really good. But this production company, man, I was expecting a couple of cameras. They had yeah. everything there, like four different cameras on you at one point, massive big lights. Um, they had a drone, so at one point I stood up in the pitch and this drone's flying around and film. Um, so a really good day, actually. Um, and then they obviously chopped all that together and, and put the nomination video out. And the nomination video was just 
did amazing. Um, it absolutely blew up. Uh, I think it got like over 250,000 views across all social media, loads of likes, loads of comments, which is just a really good thing. I had dads that have joined, team members that have joined because of that video. So yeah. you've got great success there. You, we get one guy that joins on the back of this video, then it's amazing. Yeah. So then I get told um, I'm down to the, I've been shortlisted, so I'm down to the last five or six, I think it was. Um, I can't remember. Um, and then we had a conversation and it was a bit cloak and dagger and I feel like I should have twigged a bit earlier, but they mentioned, they had a conversation and they said, look, you know, what would you do if we were to say we want to support the team with, um, you know, a, a prize? And I mentioned about the kits and the um, bereavement bags that we do to put into hospitals yeah. and then about tournaments and training. Um, and then I get the call to say, we want uh, a team photo. They said, we need something more for socials and we need a team photo. So can you get this many lads all across, or as many lads as you can, um, and come to this place in, in Uddersfield for this photo. So we all go along and I tell the lads we're all we're all there for that. Um, but as the lads are lining up for the team photo, so some up front, some, some stood up at back, they took me off and said, oh, we need to do some, some recording for TikTok. So I'm doing that. And whilst I was away, they told the lads, Alex has won. He doesn't know. Yeah. When he comes back, Clinton Morrison's walking out to tell him. So I walk back and I'm, I'm thinking, none of these lads are looking at me. They're just not, um, not even, um, like they're completely ignoring me. And then this, they, I'm stood there and they have to keep moving forward and walk forward. And I'm like, I'm completely out of line with what lads here. And then Clinton Morrison walks in and tells me that I've won but even then when he walked out I still didn't believe it I still didn't think um I'd won it no I saw um, that video I could tell by your face like when you said yeah. to him hey up everything you said oh something, everything all right or how are you something like that you said to him didn't you I saw your face and I thought I don't know what's going on here I just I felt like they might have just had him as a special guest because we've been shortlisted yeah. and that was like a, a special treat or something um so, and I didn't want to go to a place where I'm like, I've won, I've won, because then if I found out that it was just, I was just there to say hello, then yeah. I'd have been uh, a bit disappointed, obviously dropped down from, from thinking I'd won. So then, yeah, um, we, had, we had to keep very quiet about it um, because um, obviously it needed to still be chopped together and then officially yeah. released. And at, this, at this point, the deliberations video had been released, which was the one where um, Soonus and, and Clinton and Jeff Stelling are talking about it. Um, so we kind of sat on it for ages and, and you know, close family knew and obviously the lads that were there on the yeah. night knew. Um, and then they said, right, it's going live on this date. And it went live and um, that blew up as well. It went completely crazy. Um, and then Odds Bible uh, on a Sport Bible picked it up on Instagram the other day and that's yeah. about 80,000 likes and 300 comments and another to no, another three lads have joined from seeing the post on Instagram. Brilliant. So it's gone crazy, really. And um, I've actually just had an email this morning asking from a um, TV show asking me to go on a TV show uh, in the coming weeks. Um, Brilliant. Sure. I show on Channel Four. I won't say too much because I don't know how far it's going to go or if I can say anything. But yeah, yeah. it's it's just catching so much traction. And and the good thing for me is it's it's helping dads find my team. But I've also sent one dad down to a place in Wales because that's where he lives and then another lad who said I want to join your team and I said well you can 
but there's actually one in Doncaster if you want to join yeah, there. Yeah. In yeah. Doncaster. So even though this might be about me, it's raising awareness about yeah. my club and it's raising awareness about clubs all over the, the UK. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, just, just helping dads that, that need that support. Exactly. It's the thing yeah. that, the thing that I, I kind of maybe missed at the start is you feel very lost in this because you are, men are made to feel kind of out of the loss. It's, it's very much about the woman. Even in hospital, I had some bad yeah. experiences where um, I was really poorly spoken to. Um, and in the in the whole, the hospital and the NHS were amazing. But yeah. there were some parts where I just felt pushed out. Yeah. And um, made to feel like it wasn't my baby too. It wasn't my loss, um, yeah. which was really difficult. So you do feel quite lost and vulnerable um, when it happens. So you don't always know where to look or where to start. So things like this, this advert um, for Sky and this award, and then obviously what we're doing with the, the mental health lines and the, um, the, you know, this podcast that we're doing today, yeah. just helps spread that word and get to the people who might need that support. Yeah, ultimately, like I say, all, all this, all these awards and all this recognition is ultimately going towards greater good, which is more people being aware of Sands United. And it's not just dads, is it? It's anyone that's anyone, any blokes that want to play football that's been affected by baby loss. And I think it's, I think it's amazing. And in in that video, mate, you mentioned the traditional male stereotype of needing to be strong. Now, how, how do, what do we need to do? To, to, to challenge and redefine that? <laughs> I think it's unravelling years and years of, um, of machismo and um, men should be that strong kind of silent and uh, um, get on with actual it. We- yeah, yeah. actual weakness and really the conversations that you need to be having now and, and what's really good for me and what I can do and I, I do this is I'm vulnerable and I have open conversations and it allows the other person to send, in my mind at least, and it has happened before, they then go, all right, okay, he's opening up to me, so I'm going to open up back. Yeah. So just by being that open and just showing that you, you know, you're willing to, to talk about yourself, you know, often then people will then talk about themselves as well. Um, but I think we just need to remove that stigma and we need to just, you know, call out where we think it's wrong that somebody might be saying something where they say, oh, you said, what you mean soft for? Or, yeah. you know, some of the stuff that I, I used to work in a joinery warehouse and some of the stuff that was said there were disgusting. You know, we've got to remove this kind of sexist yes. kind of machismo because, yeah, you want to have a joke, you want to have a bit of banter, but sometimes you, you've really got to think about the things that you say and how they affect that other person, yeah. especially if they're already trying to be vulnerable and trying to look for some support. Um, so I think it is moving away from these years and years of stuff and um, trying to just changes attitudes towards people's mental health and, and towards vulnerability around any kind mm. of, you know, grief or loss or, you know, losing a job, losing, uh, losing a pet, losing anything, you know, you, you, anything that can affect you mentally. And um, we've got to be allowed to be able to feel that and to process it because otherwise you won't. And like I did, you'll just repress it and it'll do nothing for you, but make it worse and worse. Yeah, come and bite you on ass at a later point. Eventually, yeah, it's going to find you. You can't hide from it forever. So, like, you know, based on what you've just said, then what what can grassroots football do to contribute to this larger conversation about mental health? I think there's a lot of stuff that we can do, and I think there's obviously stuff that that you're we're planning on doing, um, or that was already in the works. 
Well, I think uh, a lot of it will be around awareness. You know, we've already got the reason that the people are there. Yeah. Let's just take a little bit of time to talk about, you know, different support that's out there, whether we talk about the team, we talk about other things that are out there in football. Um, and we just raise that awareness. And if I was sat there and I was struggling and I didn't know what to do, and I saw that somebody were coming in and talking about, this is what we're doing to try and help yeah. mental health through football. I'd, you know, your ears would pick up and you'd think, oh, I want to get involved in that. I know that I need mm. this support. Yeah. But also, I think there'll be people, there'll be two stages. I think there'll be people where they know that they need the support. There'll be others that don't know they need the support. Yeah. Maybe a little bit, and don't be disrespectful, but like yourself, when you said that you didn't think about all, all what happened with your loss until we spoke the other day, it's obviously come out for you mm. now by speaking about it. So there will be people out there that, you know, whatever loss it may be or whatever they're struggling with, that they need to know that, that, that they might need that support. So, you know, talking about, the different effects that, that a situation might be having on you. And, you know, for me, it was, uh, do you feel like you're not yourself? Do you feel like your personality is slipping away? You know, these are the questions that we can ask. And someone might say, yeah, actually, that is me. I do feel like that. Well, yeah. I, I do feel like that because of this. Because it's not always easy to, to understand why you feel in a certain way. Our bodies and, and brains don't don't say you feel like this because of this happened. Mm. You've got to figure it out for yourself yeah. quite often. And when you're already struggling, um, it's obviously even harder. So I think we, you know, there's things that we can do and um, that we can get out there and we can kind of just put some some flags out there that say, do you feel like this? Do you feel like this? You know, you know, would you support? Would you do you think you benefit from that or this? You know, just just get into people's sphere. Um, and, and I keep saying this, but awareness is so important um, and it's so hard to get into into people's kind of sphere. When we've already got football there, we can, as Sands are doing, we can use that football as the conduit to, to then support yeah. everybody's mental health. And I if people don't pick it up, they don't pick it up. But we no. know that we've done a job and we've offered it and got there. That's exactly what we're doing with this, mate. And that's why we—that's why I approached you about being an ambassador for us. And you know, simply, you know, we're using football as a vehicle to educate and support around mental health. And like you said about me, you know, I work in this arena of mental health. You know, but no one has all the answers. And so, like you said, I—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm speaking to you, and all of a sudden, this thing's going in the back of my head, thinking, "You're doing that." So, you know, someone that purports to work in this industry and is, com com I'm, you know, obsessed by this and helping people become best versions of themselves. I didn't, I didn't, didn't trigger me until you spoke. And I thought, shit, that's me. That happened yeah. to me. Boom. Why am I suppressing it? What's it doing for me? And then it leads you down a, you know, it can open a Pandora's box that then you start thinking, well, and then, you, you know, so yeah, you know, mate, I think. It is. It's simple. It's the simplest thing to do, but it's the hardest thing to do around mental health, and that's talk. And by creating a conversation around it, by clubs continually talking and highlighting mental health, that then creates a culture within that club and community of, I can talk about this, and knowing who you can talk to and, and things. And, and it, what we're trying to do here is, is, is have at least one person in every grassroots club mental health first aid trained. So as a person within that club or community, I know there's someone that I can go and speak to. I know that I can, you know, open up to that person or get some advice or be signposted somewhere. So, you know, what, what would you say then to someone that's struggling with grief or with, you know, and as a result, struggling with their mental health? 
you know, what would your advice be to someone, you know, that, that is struggling for a number, one reason or a number of reasons? What What's the first step, would you say? And I know obviously it depends on your individual circumstances, yeah, etc. Yeah. I think the first step is is with with all things, um, whether it be addiction or, or struggling with mental health, is admitting to yourself that there's a problem. Um, <laughs> because if you, and lots of people do it, subconsciously or consciously walk around saying i'm fine no i'm fine and they're lying to themselves you know you've got to be truthful to yourself so that you can be your your best self and i kind of mm. hate those kind of buzzwords like that but you're not going to be you're not going to be um the best version of yourself if, if you're suppressing something or you know that you you know you need that support it's the equivalent of saying i'm really hungry but i refuse to go have something to eat i'm not going to go to the fridge you know, you might know it. Um, you might know that you need that support, and you, yeah. you're just ignoring it. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think for me, it's just admitting to yourself what you need or what's gone on, and then from there, there's so many avenues. And and working with you, I'm really proud that you've asked me to do this, this ambassador role. And I think working with yourself, we can get a lot of literature and a lot of support links you know, social media to all different kind of networks that support, you know, SANS is for baby loss, but there's other networks out there for everybody. Um, and I think if you talk about it from a, a football perspective, and we're talking about grassroots, obviously within the, the professional sphere, we know that football teams and the best football teams have mental health support, have psychologists, sports mm-hmm. psychologists. If you want to play in grassroots football and you want to be your best footballer, I guarantee you'll be a better footballer when your head's right and you're yep. feeling better. 100%. Um, whether it be that you, I don't know, you're not kicking out, you're not losing your head, you're not getting red carded, or you've just got that emotional resilience when it's not going right yes. to say it'll happen, it'll happen, and yeah, you don't, yeah. you won't, you don't get your, yourself down, and uh, you know that goal might finally come. So yeah, sport is very much about the physicality of it, but. You, you know, you pick up and look after your mental health as well. It'll add another layer to you. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it's the best thing all around because you're already going to feel good from that sport, from the, the natural endorphin release that you're going to get. So if you do it with a good head, or your yeah. head's in a good place, you're not you're not undoing the bad. You're making yourself feel even better. Yeah, yeah. I think, like, for me, you know, <laughs> play, if you talk about playing football, 90% of that's in the head. And only 10% of it's in your feet. Isn't it? You know, and I, and I think we all, most people, you know, forget that for a lot of positions, it's a confidence game. So certainly if you're playing up front or in goal, it's a confidence yeah. game is, is is football. And what's confidence? Mental health. I had a conversation yesterday. I think I've said this to someone else that speaking to a couple of referees the other week about mental health and stuff. And, you know, oh, I don't really they want been negative around mental health, but it were, it were more of a I don't really get it. And I said, I said, it's all right. Here's an analogy for you. Your refing game, you're running down pitch and you tweak your hamstring and you think, oh shit, oh, I've pulled up. That's physical health, isn't it? They went, yeah, yeah, get that. I said, right, you're running down pitch and you you make a you make a call that's a bit, you know, dodgy, shall we say, in maybe the eyes of some of the players, the coaches, or the fans. At any level, you know, could be, you know, some yeah. of the 10-year-old kids or semi-professional Farsley Celtic or whatever. And uh, you'll make a dodgy call, all of a sudden, a couple of people are on your back. And then you start doubting yourself. And every time you put that whistle to your mouth, you're thinking, is this right decision? 
and you hold off on some things. Have you ever felt like that? Bit a bit, bit anxious then about blowing whistle? Yeah. I said, that's mental health. Yeah. I went, oh, yeah, I get it. You know, and, and it is football. It's like life. 90% of life's upstairs, isn't it, Alex? How you deal with how we yeah. deal with everything is how, how you deal upstairs. So so looking back my at son, where you be... Sorry, go on. My son's 10 years old and he's, he's a goalkeeper through and through. And absolutely loves it. I mean, he's not the tallest kid in the world, but he loves being in there. Favourite players, Lee Nichols from uh, Huddersfield Town. Yeah. Um, and for me, I'm, I'm we're having to kind of build up his emotional resilience because there are times when he gets absolutely smashed and he's been yeah. in there. And all he's doing is picking ball out. And, uh, and it's, it's going to be a thankless task for him because you know what it's like with goalkeepers. You make one mistake, you ruin the game, whereas a striker misses a shot. It's so forgotten. Yeah. So I'm spending a lot of time with him as well, trying to kind of bring him up the right way and build him up the right way. And, you know, one of the things that I've said is it's just a game. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. no, one, no one's going to die. It's yeah. just a game. Um, and even at their level, they don't even, they don't, they've got cup games, but the rest of the league, they don't really keep uh, a league yeah. table. They're just doing it to progress because that's the best thing for kids at that age. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I'm telling him, he's telling me to score or I've seen score and I've said, no one cares. We go again next week, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's I'm trying to do that from an early stage so that we're not in the position that me and yourself are. Uh, when it comes to football on your mental health later in life and, and essentially struggling with it. No, I'm, I'm saying with my lad, my, well, my lad's just 11 now, so he's played under 12s, and this is first season that we have now got results published, league tables, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et and I, I coached my lad's team, and I'd, I'd said to him, I said, look, I don't care if we win 10-1 or we lose 10-1, lads. I said, all I care about is that you work hard, you enjoy it, and you learn. The result is not uh, not, not, do I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. You've got to enjoy it. And like I said to my lad, I say, just smile. I said to him, I said, look, lad, you get to play football once a week on a Sunday morning for an hour. Enjoy it. Don't come off pitch angry. You know, don't, don't get, if, the more you enjoy something, the better you are at it. Whatever it is, whether it's your job, whether it's a hobby, whether it's whatever it is, just enjoy it. And if you enjoy it, you'll become a better player. If you become a better player, you'll enjoy it more. And it's like a, a positive forward circle, isn't it? Or a wheel going Harlan forward positively. I, hmm? I'm sure I've heard of Harlan said it. Um, Harlan said, I just love playing football. Yeah. And you can see that in yeah. how he plays and how he's breaking records. So, yeah, 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 yeah. very right. Just enjoy it. So looking back at where you began to where you are now, how was, how was football influenced your personal healing journey for me i think it's allowed me to address a lot of the stuff that i wasn't going to address um i've definitely processed a lot of that through i've opened up more whether that be with my team or my family um but then it's been very cathartic in the sense that i've 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 gone in a a, a weird way i've gone right no you're not going to get to me grief what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw you over there. I'm going to throw everything I've got into this football team. Mm. I'm going to make this this bad thing that I can't get back. I can't get them back. I'm going to make it a good thing. And that journey and 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 where I've got to now, you know, every time something like this happens, um, like the awards, so it it just it makes me think that their loss hasn't been for nothing. Mm. Um, and it. it it could have been that, that I never did anything with it, but 
because they lost their lives, 40 plus men now have got mental health support. Um, and, and that's that's how I, how I kind of look at it from a really positive stance because I, you can't, unfortunately, keep looking at it from a negative stance. Don't let me wrong. Get, you completely need to feel and and, and have those breakdowns and, and have that cry and, and, you know, go to those those really upset places. Yeah. Um, but I've come out the other side of it. And, and one of the things that, that I've heard numerous times and I stand by it and I think it's a really good thing a really good thing to think about is your grief when you lose a baby like anything else maybe doesn't you don't forget it you just get better at dealing with it yeah 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 um yeah. and and that's what I think this team's done for me definitely is it's opened my eyes to, to other situations it's, it's allowed me to to offer this support that makes me feel good you know selfishly if you look at it i i feel good yeah about what i've done yeah but i haven't done it for that reason and loads of other guys have got support because of it so i don't i feel all right feeling like that yeah sometimes. yeah yeah, yeah. And that's why it's been successful mate because you've not done it for yourself you've done it yeah. for other people and as a result it's been successful and a byproduct of that is now you do feel good about yourself as well yeah, which is fine, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I've got to accept that that's going to come out. Should do. I, you know, I won, I won an award at BBC uh, Radio Leeds, Bradford Sports Awards, and then obviously this award. And every time I win these awards, I'm just blown away because you know I never did it for this. I never did it yeah. for kind of personal satisfaction or to to push my profile or do anything like that. But this byproduct that's come out is just, it's just amazing how 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 much good is coming out of it and, and I am really proud and I know that my wife's really proud and my family and you know that's you know and as my sons grow up I've got a 10 year old a three year old and a one year old as they grow up my kind of happiest moment will be when they're pulling on shirt and running on pitch um mm. for their for their brothers and sisters because um you know obviously they don't get it now but eventually I yeah. hope that they'll look back at what we've created as a team um and and be proud of that legacy that's been created for the the brothers and sisters i think i think like you know what you've done is a textbook way to create something successful and for me that is going and doing it for the right reasons have a mission have a reason it's not about me this is about the cause and other people and you do what you you do and take this out take this take your example and put it into a business setting into any setting you set something up for the right reasons to help others and for others to benefit from it. What happens is it becomes successful and all that goodness comes back to you. And that's the universe. If you're, if you're up for that sort of thing, which I believe in, universe is giving back, what giving you what you've put out there, mate. And I think you, you, you're right to be proud of yourself. And I think, you know, when I saw them videos and I know, I know, I think I said to you, I know some of the lads in, the, in, in your Sam's team and, you know, and I think some of the lovely words they said about you. And for for me, for someone, you know, one of the lads, or the lads that you're supporting, put you forward for this, you know, for this award. And that that tells you everything you need to know about what you've done and what that team's doing for 40 plus men every week. And, and I think, mate, you're you're the top man, and I mean that. This is where it gets really uncomfortable because I've got like I can't take. <laughs> I can tell by your face. Yeah, uh, I can tell by your face. Yeah. A little, little, uh, little pause there. But no, mate, good on you. So 
Okay then, so just, just to wrap up then, mate, if there's one message you'd like listeners to take away regarding the intersection of mental health and football, what would it be? I'd, I'd say very similar to what we've just said. Yeah. When it comes to football, do it for the right reasons. You know, you've got to be out there to enjoy it. Um, you know, from what we've said, get out, get out there and have fun. Don't take it too seriously. Remember, it's a game. It will improve your mental health if you let it. Yeah. If you um, let it, yeah. And you can do some really poor things to your mental health if you don't. Yeah. You, know, you could be walking off the pitch after having a barney with somebody, red carded, you've been fined, everybody, everybody's pissed off your team because you've let them down. Yeah. You know, you can go down that route very quickly with, with football. But if you do, if you want to take the best from it, get out there, enjoy it, look after yourself mentally as well. Address when you think you need that support. Um, recognise that you might need to, to get some support or you, or you just even need to, to look at what's bothering you and, and don't repress it. Um, we've talked, talked about repressing it a lot and I think a lot yeah. of men do that. Um, but be honest with yourself about, about what you're doing when it comes to your mental health and, and if you need that support and recognising that there's a problem. Sometimes it's easy enough as recognising that I've got a problem with this and you can say I've got that problem. don't need that support. I'm just going to work differently around it or I'm going to operate yeah. differently and it's not about going and getting 20 sessions of therapy with a psychologist lying down on a couch or it's not around going sitting in, in, in a circle in, in some church hall it's mental health um, successful mental health management could just be about recognising that you've got an issue and operating in a different way to avoid yeah. that issue um, it is as simple as that you know, it's the same as walking on the football pitch you know you can't hit it with your left foot. Don't hit it with your left foot. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know that putting yourself in a certain situation is going to be powerful mental health. Don't do that. Don't do it, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the main kind of thing is just get out there, have the fun when it comes to the football. And what's really important and really good for our team is we really encourage everybody in the team. I've got a goalkeeper. Well, you take a shot against him um, and it's a good shot. It, you know, it'll give you props for it. You know, there's there's no yeah. point in getting at each other and winding it so up. You'll be encouraging, and like you've just said, I'm very, I'm, I'm not super religious, but I am very calm, and yeah. I do think you what you put out into the world will come back. And there's a yeah. saying, and I can't remember who said it, but you've got to be the change that you want to see. Mm-hmm. So if you want people to be nicer to you on the pitch, you want to be more supportive. You have to be that supporting person. You have to be that nice person. And if you yeah. want that mental health support from people then you can be vulnerable with people and offer them that mental health support. And what Spot you can help will come back. I do feel that really, really strongly. I do, mate. Spot on. Totally agree with you. And I think, like, you know, my take on it is, like you said then earlier, you know, everyone's different. So some people it's sat in a group, some people it's going to a counsellor. You know, my take on it is mental health like your fingerprint. It's completely unique to you. So we yeah. all, you have different ways of, of of support and everything. So so Alex, where, where can we where can we find Sands United? Where can we find Sands your team? Just give us a few few areas where we can look you up before we finish. Yeah, so the Sands United West Yorkshire, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Um, so just reach out to us on there. A message, you know, if a message comes through on whatever kind of platform it is, it'll be me or my wife that are discussing it with you, typically myself. 
and I'll go on to have a conversation with you, and then and then from there you kind of just enter the team and uh, take as much or a little support that you need from it. So it is a really simple situation, which is you know, um, great entry that you need to do, and you don't even need to tell me anything about your loss, you know, unless yeah. you want to. Um, and if you do, you can then join the team. Um, and you don't have to tell those lads, you know, if you've told me, then I, you know, that's between us. And yeah. then if you join the team, you don't have to go into the full stories. It's not like that. It's literally share as much as you want and, and as much of yourself. But yeah, all the social medias, other than friends, I don't think we've figured that one out yet. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're, we're all over that. Um, and obviously the video on Skybet is all over their, um, their social media and YouTube as well. Brilliant. And and like Sands Sand United have got their own. So if you just Google Sands United, that'll come yes. up. And if anyone so, con, if anyone contacts you outside of West Yorkshire, you can signpost them to their nearest group yeah, as well, can't sure. you? Yeah, um, there's a if you go on so if you Google Sands United, it comes up to the, the main Sands page that's within the charity, and there's a map on there that you could literally find your closest yeah. team and it's got contacts to your closest team. But I always feel, you know, do what's comfortable for you. So if you if you want to reach out to me, I'll I'll point you in the right direction. Um, but yeah, there, there is that resource up and down the country, Scotland, Northern Ireland, most uh, sorry, uh, all of Ireland, I believe. Um, and these teams are typically started by dads that have lost. So you're very very much in similar circumstances. Yeah. Um, yeah. They know what you've been through and they're, they're there to support you. Um, and if you want to set up a team, you know, like I did, then it's it's very simple to do but it's, it's an easy process after after taking all the steps but it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life um, and if, if there isn't a team near you and you feel like it's something that you want to do and can do um, then you know look at look at that it's something that that I have absolutely loved and um, I would highly recommend it. Brilliant Alex Wormsley thanks so much for this it's been amazing mate really enjoyed listening to you I'm sure everyone else will Alex Wormsley award-winning, multi-award-winning Alex Wormsley. I know you're going to be uncomfortable with that. Thanks very much, pal. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Cheers, bud.